Well, good morning and welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shumate of the Bethel Baptist Church here in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. I want to thank you for taking time to tune in with us today. May the Lord bless you for that. And let's look in our Bible. If you have a copy of God's Word nearby, we've been studying for some time now in the Gospel according to St. Mark. And my, my, what a blessing John Mark's writing has been. And I always enjoy studying the Gospels. But if you have your copy of God's Precious Word, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible along with me today. We'll look together from the pages of the Precious Word of God, Mark chapter number 9. And, and we're going to be looking at just a very few verses this morning, but I hope and pray that it'll be an encouragement to you today. And again, we recall as we have been studying for some time now, the Lord Jesus had been uh, up on the mountain. He had been transfigured before the three disciples, Peter, James, and John. And we determined that we did not know for certain uh, which mountain that Jesus was transfigured upon. And uh, there is a lot of discrepancy, a lot of differences of opinion that come to, to, to that conclusion that we really do not know for sure which mountain it was upon. Uh, many Bible scholars think it was Mount Hermon. Some say it was uh, Mount Tabor because uh, it's a traditional site of the transfiguration. I don't know, and I cannot be dogmatic about it other than to say it was a mountain, and we know that from the Word of God. We do know Peter, James, and John went up on the mountain with Jesus that left nine remaining disciples down below where the crowds were. And we found out in our study that Jesus had descended back down the mountain after he was transfigured. And the people came and ran and saluted him and they were amazed to see him. And we've looked at those verses. And now out of the crowd, there steps out a man uh, after Jesus confronts the scribes who were there arguing with the disciples. But there was a father there who stepped out of the crowd and he had a problem. He had a son who had some very serious health issues and the disciples were not able to cast out a demon that had possessed this young man. And there's where we pick up in our study today and we find out 
that this young man was possessed by a demon and that his father now speaks to Jesus about the situation. And he also tells Jesus, the disciples, his nine disciples could not cast out that demon. They had tried and failed. If you'll notice with me in verse number 19 of Mark 9, and there's where we'll pick up with the declaration of Jesus. The Bible says, he answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. First of all, we see the direction of the statement. Now, the statement was not necessarily towards one group of people. Neither was it uh, towards a particular person or an individual, but it was a statement concerning the whole race of people. Jesus had been there with the Jews and he had been in Galilee for some time. And, and now we see this man who comes to Jesus again, probably out of desperation. We see all the scribes and their opinions they had and the doubts and just the deception of them trying to catch Jesus in something that they could accuse him of. And now we find that the disciples were perilous to uh, to cast forth this demon. And then we find out also this daddy, out of despair, more than faith, had come to Jesus. And we understand. And Jesus rightfully says this statement. He says, O faithless generation, without faith, the Bible says, is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that, that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. That's Hebrews 11. And as we read the word of God over and over, we find that God works on faith and through the faith of his people and salvation. How are we saved? We're saved through the grace of God and through faith that we place in God, we believe. And so faith is an essential element. And without faith, again, it's impossible to please God. And so Jesus looked at everything that was going on around him, and not only right there, but beyond it. He looked out throughout all the land of Israel, and he makes this statement, O oh, faithless generation. But not only do we see the declaration of Jesus, but I want you to notice what Jesus did, the determination of the Savior. If you'll look in verse 19 again, the latter part of the verse, and perhaps we just might read the entirety of the verse again. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? And then Jesus says these words, bring him unto me. And I want you to notice in verse 20, and they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. As we look at this, the Lord saw his tearing. The word to tear, it actually means when you see that and concerning someone who's possessed with a demon power, that word tear means that it caused this person to have convulsions. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen anybody have an epileptic convulsion, but it's very, very serious. And it is really a scary thing to see. 
I've seen it. I've witnessed those type events. And when someone has a convulsion, it becomes very serious, very fast. And as I think about this, the Lord was there and he witnessed this young man. They brought him to Jesus. And the Bible says straightway, that spirit, the spirit that was possessing him, tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed foam. In other words, there were there was foam, a saliva that was coming from his mouth. It was a very, very dramatic and horrific scene. It was a frightening scene. There's no question about it. And then we see the Lord not only saw his tearing, but the Lord also in question about the length of his trouble. If you'll look in verse number 21 of Mark chapter 9, and he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, of a child. So this is not some short-lived disease. It had been going on for years. A lot of people would have passed it off, the healing that Christ is going to do for this young man. They would have just passed it off and said, well, he was just sick for a short period of time, that this was just not a real serious matter. But let me say this. It had been going on very likely for years and years and years. So as we think about the healing that Jesus is about to perform here, there is no question that it was a person who needed healing and the disease had been going on since the child was very young and we don't know how old he was. He could have been an older, could have been a teenager, could have been a young adult. I don't know. Bible doesn't say, but there's no doubt when he's healed, who it is that has done the healing. And can I say to you, Jesus is in the healing business. I'm glad that he is. And especially, he specializes in the hard cases. He specializes in saving sinners to the uttermost. Jesus is the one that gives spiritual healing today for whosoever will. And when he gives that real needed healing to a person, it is permanent. And I'm glad that it is. And there can be no doubt about who has given the healing. Healing comes from the Savior. He is a good Savior. In fact, he is the only Savior. In John 14, verse number six, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. And I'm glad that I know him today, and I hope you do as well. Lord willing, we're going to be picking up again in verse number 22 of Mark, chapter number nine, tomorrow. And we thank you for taking time to be with us today. May God bless you richly is our prayer. And we're looking forward to the next time that we're together. Hope you have a great day. Bye-bye. Child, I know you're sorry for all that you have done. Just reach to me, for I am the one. I am the one who died on the tree. 